This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. How's it everyone? I just have a very deep question to start this morning off. If you were to be locked away in one place for a whole week, okay, but you've got a decision, you're going to be locked away in Debonair's or locked away in McDonald's. Which one will you choose? Just turn to the person next to you and discuss, because we discussed this on the island to length. Okay, let's vote. Let's vote. Let's, let's speak about it so that we can say, so far as London has spoken. Is it Debonair's or is it McDonald's? Who says Debonair's? Hands up. Who says McDonald's? Okay, okay. So it's, it's, it's more or less a draw. But Debonair's people, just indicate again. Keep your hands up. Do you know, McDonald's people, just look at them. Do you know there's no dessert in Debonair's? The answer is McDonald's, obvious. Um, it's, it's just amazing for me to be here. Um, I just want to honor you guys. Thanks for just having me and hosting me and loving me. It's, it's awesome to be here. Just a warm welcome. Afterwards, please come and say hi. Um, if, if the kids want to come and have a photo, please don't be shy. Let's do it. Um, uh, maybe I won't be able to, to, to chat 10 minutes with one person, but I want to say hi to you guys. I'm just a normal guy. Um, I wear Mr. Price clothes. I eat pizzas and I go for a pocket chips. I mean, it's, it's just normal stuff. There's nothing abnormal or famous about me. Um, I, I've, I learned the last while that those meals at my home with a few people of, that's in our congregation, it's a, it's a lot more real you know, sitting and, and having a genuine nice meal with five friends than having thousands of people somewhere in the country that knows about you, but they don't know you, you know. So if ever there was a dream in your heart, you know, even if you're young and like, I want to be famous, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's really, it's a cloud. It's, it's, it's really nothing at all, you know. Obviously, God can use these things, but um, if today... Um, you have someone you can phone that will come over to your home to enjoy coffee, tea, or meal with you, then, then you know what? You are blessed. Amen? Um, one or two things um, about Survivor, and then we'll just, uh, just I didn't see just who, who watched uh, um, Survivor. Just quickly, hands up. Let me just have an indication. It's not about Survivor, this sermon, but it just helps me to draw a reference. I heard some of you only watched one day of Survivor, but you watched everything in one day. It's what I heard. Okay. Not a lot of sleep there. Great. Um, that's just a photo of my family. The next slide. My wife, Janae, and our two children. Um, I've got a vanilla cupcake and a chocolate cupcake, and they both taste beautiful. Um, you know, I know I'm biased, and I'm sorry I'm going to offend some parents now, but I'm just that to Andre afterwards. He'll sort it out. We, you know, I wear my daughter like a prize, you know. She's very short. She sits on my arm like this. 
And we walked into church and all the babies, uh, they're there. And I look at my baby and I look at theirs and I tell my wife, black babies are so much prettier. <laughs> I'm biased. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so that, that's my family. Um, next photo is just a survivor picture. That's me and Katinka sitting there. And uh, that's an immunity idol around my neck. If you win a challenge, you get to wear that thing. Um, just interesting, um, people always ask me, how do you play a game like that um, with great difficulty? Um, but I'm not a person that backs down from something. I don't like backing down. I was involved in the rugby club in Secunda for six years. Up to last year, I still played and coached. And I just don't like to sit on the sidelines. Um, I, I must get stuck in. Um, and so I approached Survivor like sport, um, like rugby. And I, I use the analogy a lot. Like for us in the Mpumalanga League, we would play against very good players, but we would play against them um, twice a year. So you get to know your opposition. You, you know those who've got marital issues. You know those who've got young children that's sick. But I love and care for them, but when we're on the field, it's really blood, sweat, and tears. It is, we're going for it. And we physically um, hurt one another. And you cannot do to someone in the mall that you can do to someone on a rugby field. It's, it's different. Imagine you just like, oh, you know, it's only a game. It doesn't work like that in ShopRite. But um, um, I wanted those cookies. Um, but on the rugby field, you know, you can do what will be in real life described as assault, you know. And so, and I, and I know, I know that um, Survivor, there's different layers of emotions. But for me to play it, I had to find a way to say, okay, I'm going to play it as hard as I would play a rugby game. But I never have to hurt you as a person. Um, when you miss your people, even if I play against you when it gets to tribal council, when it gets to making alliances, if you are in a place where you need prayer and support, then I'll be there for you because I'll do the same for my opponents in rugby. But when we're at tribal council, what we do, our chats, our heart-to-hearts will not influence my decision to vote you off because when I play against you, you're a good competitor. And, and so it's, it's those two things. And, and it's not clear lines, I understand, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. Amen. Sometimes we have to go, and uh, I don't even mind to say sorry if I hurt people. Because the truth is, I do it in real life as well. People would say, oh, in Survivor, I saw you did this. I'm like, yeah, in real life I do it as well. There's just not a camera on me, always. So let's put a camera on you for 24 hours, 39 days, and perceive your lack of prayer or prayer love when you get mad, and then we show it to the world in glory. Um, what I'm trying to say is nothing ventured, nothing gained. Let's get out there. Let's not be afraid. You know, um, that's just my, my mindset around these things. Um, I don't like it when people tell me I can't do stuff, you know. <laughs> um, and we also had this thing, um, people would ask me, can you play the game of Survivor with integrity? And my answer is yes. Uh, but, but game integrity, if you say, I'm here to play hard. I'm here to play the game hard. Now, in the beginning, everyone has their little say, 
I'm here and no one's going to get me. I'm going to show them how it's done. Watch me. Okay. Then when it happens against you, what do you do? You stand up and you shake the hands. I wanted to play you. You played me. Well done. That's game integrity. I'm coming into this game to blindside people to play a great game. But then if you get blindsided, what do you do? You see? So sportsmanship. I, I believe you can do that. It's possible. So that's a little bit about Survivor. Um, I've got one more picture there. Um, people would often ask about the challenges and stuff. Um, I won this challenge, and I think the reason I won it is because I never thought this is something that I would win because I'm not good with pre- precision stacking and stuff like that. I'm more good at pick a heavy thing up and throw it somewhere. Um, but I was just enjoying the challenge. I'm like, I'm on Survivor. I can't believe it. And as I'm enjoying it, the stacks kept on falling. And at the end, I won, which is incredible. But um, a challenge like this might take two hours. Uh, and, and that's something the viewer can't really gauge. Because on screen, it'll be like six minutes or so. Okay. Um, the challenge where we held up those little discs that um, people always ask that it's the hardest challenge of all you know at the end you know you don't feel your hand anything it's just numb that was one hour and 15 minutes uh, the challenge where we stacked the blocks and then the wind would blow it over we stacked the blocks we were standing on one another it would take um hour and a half so it's quite a long story but it's it's incredible People would also ask, uh, what, about, um, what about food? Uh, they give us no food, except um, uh, what we win, and, and you see that. Um, so I lost um, just over 15 kilos. So um, if you want to lose weight, <laughs> you can have your own survivor, and everyone can enter, you know, um, And you, you, you value food again. I'm telling you, that. you know, after Survivor, I became a very good cook. Because actually, Jean, Tony, and Annalise, they're very good cooks. All of them. And we would speak about food so much. So I came back, and I've got a few dishes. If I would enter your Poiki Course competition, you'd be all in trouble. You'd be in trouble, I'm telling you now. A fark neck Poiki. I can do it. But you can't buy it because I eat it myself. So, um, toilets is the other. It's the other question. There is no toilets as we know it. Um, and uh, um, you know, we we had to discuss what we're going to do with toilets. It was our decision, and so we. On the one side of our beach, there was a mountain going into the sea. And so you, you can't go beyond that. And so just next to it, there's a, there was a place in the bush which had a little bit of sand. And so that was the toilet. And uh, we, we, people would say, um, I'm going to go to the toilet. I'm going to go pee. I'm going to go do this. They would describe it quite vulgar terms. I'm going to go do this or take a this or do that. And at one point, the one of the producers came. They said, listen, we, we cannot have that language anymore. I'm taking a this. I'm going this. Because people are talking. They're recording everywhere. We can't use this. They said, from now on, if you want to go to the toilet, just say, I'm going to go collect coconuts. <laughs> and so there was a lot of people saying they're collecting coconuts, but there wasn't a lot of coconuts coming back. 
They should have said, I'm going to go to drop coconuts because that, <laughs> that would work better. And, and, and so you'd go to the, uh, we, we called the place Coconut Grove. So you'd go there and it, it would be sand. And uh, then you'd dig nice and deep and deposit coconuts. Or, because we all had stomach bugs, coconut water. But, okay, the best you can. Then we, you close the, the hole. Take a stick and put it on top. It indicates don't dig here. Okay. It's true. So if, if, okay, you just move those sticks around and 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 people can find treasure um, yeah it's funny how it works because um, the truth is there's people in this city and in mine that really don't have somewhere to go to the bathroom to isn't that true? Um, the one challenge, um, we're playing for pizza, and uh, <clears throat> we won beans. We came second. Uh, at that moment, it's amazing how your perception shifts, because firstly, people walk off with pizza, and you, you, you like that. they take food in front of you, and there you stand. And um, and God just showed me, but every day you go into the shopping center, you swipe your card, you come out with bags of food, and, and you're in a game, but there's people in real life seeing you getting what they need, and they can't get it for themselves. It's incredible, you know. Um, also, interesting, the way, there's a lot of spiritual stuff, and we're going to chat about it, get into it soon. Like, we all wanted pizza, but they ate it in one sitting. Uh, we, we had beans, and we ate it for five days. Those green beans, if they're not in a can, they cook forever. So we're like cooking the beans, cooking the beans, cooking the beans. And we're like, are we going to eat them tomorrow or what? Because it takes like four hours. You know, I don't know that if you have to cook them yourselves, but they are filling. You know, you can really get on with a piece of chicken and beans. You know, we, we're very spoiled. <laughs> Very spoiled. I'm very spoiled. I'm very grateful. We should also accept and enjoy what God gives us. Amen. But let us know how much we have so that we can give you know, and share with others. So, um, I guess for some people this will be funny. So, we also had our own language. So, um, it's always a struggle. Like, where do you get dressed? Because people like to talk around the corners and so... You think you've got a good place to get dressed, and then two other people come and like, oh, you know, that type of situation. And so we decided right behind the shelter is where we'll get dressed. But you have to announce it. So at the beginning, someone said, uh, we'll say, I'm, gonna, I'm getting dressed. Don't come behind the shelter. And the, the more tired we get with, you know, we're getting tired of saying, oh, I'm getting dressed behind the shelter. Don't come there. And, and so Jean gets up one day, and she says, Bad moon rising, and she, and, she, and she goes behind the shelter. 
and we get dressed. And so since then, you know, it's just bad moon rising. And then as we got dirtier, they started to, to, to quote the titles of horror movies. Like they would say, Freddy Krueger behind the shelter, you know, don't come here. Ah, you know what, you, you spend so much time together, you really become family. Let's head into this. I'm going to refer to something in Survivor or a moment on the island, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw it through. I'm going to let it speak into the gospel and, uh, and, and really land on three things that I want to share with you guys today. Like, what can we learn from Survivor and bring it back and massage it into our lives and into our churches? Okay. Now, Father, I just want to thank you for this moment. Um, as these people are just sitting here, and they're so colorful, Lord, and they look so pretty, I am just reminded that when you look at us, you look onto us with so much love. And I just pray that you will invite each one up to the place where you are, spiritually. Each one that's feeling oppressed or depressed. Each one that's feeling alone, Lord. Those who have given up hope. When they look at themselves, they might see failure, but when you look, you see potential. So do an amazing work this morning in this place. We invite you in. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, let's read the scripture together. Colossians 4 verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to to answer each person. Who's writing this? Where is Paul? Prison. Asking for what open door? The gospel. How do you sit behind a locked door and pray for another door to be opened? It's huge. Can you, while you are in a place of, of feeling low. Let's call it a prison. Let your prayer reach beyond. Yes, you can. Is it possible if you are going through an extremely difficult time in your heart or physically, is it possible to allow your prayers to, to go beyond? Yes, it is. It takes faith though. But, and, and check what he's saying here. Pray for me for this open door, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Right at the bottom. That you may know how to answer each person. This man knows the gospel. Let me tell you that. Wrote the book of Romans. Best exposition of the gospel out there. It, it is a genius account. There's nothing out like that in the Bible. There's nothing like the Bible in the world. In the book of Romans, it just blows scholars away. This man does not pray, pray for me that I'm going to know what to say. He knows what to say. Pray for me that I may know 
how to say it. We're standing on the island, first night, or second night, I can't remember. And you can bank on it. Religious conversation starts quickly in every setting. There's a man, he, he's a self-professed a Christian, and I do believe he is. I just believe he needs a lot of guidance. He says, I'm a Christian, I want everyone to know that, I'm born again. And I'm like, Lord, what's going to happen here? Because I'm not telling these people I'm a pastor right now. Um, I, want to, I, w- I want them to know Werner. I did tell them I'm a Christian, and I'm involved with my church, and I've got a small group at my home. And so the first religious debate starts, and the first two topics, you can always bank on it. Creation versus evolution, and marriage, divorce. How do two of those always creep up? I want to talk about Jesus, and then it's these things always. And so there's a, there's a, there's a fight, and the one girl, she is, I can say her name because she she, she's okay with it, it's John. Tending the fire, putting wood on the fire. She started the fire. She looked after the fire the first week. She worked very hard. I I got respect for her. Still have. She's putting sticks on the fire, and a man is arguing with her, and they've got a disagreement about something. And this man handles it completely the wrong way. And at one stage, he, he says to her, he says, and everyone's there, but you will not understand because you are not saved. That's the words. And I'm sitting in the shelter. I'm like, God, what's going on here? And I'm looking, and I, and I, I see her face. And my heart breaks for her. And that's what a Christian just told her. And I see her heart breaks. And she's trying to say, yeah, but who are you to say? But I can just say, she's totally not. And I go to her a bit later that night, which is what I did a lot the first while, damage repair. And I said, I heard that conversation, Johnny. How do you feel? But before you answer, let me just say, I am also a Christian. I just want you to know that. And this is what she told me. She said, I don't have a problem with Christians and Jesus, but I hate the church. Because in her mind, this is how the church speaks. You are not saved. And most of the topics that this guy was talking on, he, was, he actually had the truth in his hands. He, he, he dealt with the right words, but pray for me that I may know how to speak. To the person sitting next to me. They hear your words through the lenses of their lives. And that has been spoken to them over the past by a father, a mother, a pastor, a domini. And so let's pray for the wisdom to know how to speak the gospel. Here's a question. Is there a way to say the words of the wonderful gospel that we love? Is there a way to present it in truth where it is not received? Yes. It is possible 
to speak the truth, but the hearts turn away. You are not saved. You will not know. Number one, reflections from the island. What a contradiction if we speak the words of the gospel without the heart of Jesus. We are called to be heart worshippers and heart communicators. Let our words move past our hearts as it comes out. Amen. Mag je harte breek voor die monde spreek. And I want to say this. Um, if, you, if, you, if you are a visitor here or you're starting to attend or you're just coming once off, um, I want to apologize for this. If, if you have faced this, and even those committed in church, I, I want to say, Sorry, it breaks my heart to know that I think everyone here at one stage or another had to deal with this in the wrong way. And the only thing I would want to encourage you with is the following. Find the church. This is a good place. I'm not a member here, but I would be if I lived here. I love Andre. It's going to challenge you and push you. Let me tell you that. So that's what we need. Stay long enough because here's what I promise you. People will hurt you again with their words. And sometimes it will be their words and sometimes it will be your lens. But the hurt will come. But stay long enough so that your relationship grows past words to the place of heart where you get to know they actually love me and care for me. They must have been a misunderstanding. Amen? You have to stay long enough in family to become family. And I'm begging you for your own sake. Don't stay on the outside of family because of this. I I, I pray for you for courage to fight through to become family. Amen? This breaks my heart, but the truth is, At least every month, if I'm not watchful, I can do this. Even though it's my passion, even to preach and and, and show this to believers. So this will happen. Let's grow into those heart-to-heart relationships. And we will grow in our words. Amen? Awesome. Let's go on. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, at least one of the main things that we can draw from this text, one of it is that when we have many means, when we have many things, it is hard for us to hear the voice of God. That's a very plain way of saying what Jesus is saying here. And I think how this works, at at least in one way, and Scripture is a lot deeper than one revelation, but at least in one way, is the following. We all hear God in our hearts, whether we are with Him right now or not. We we sense Him, we, we, we 
we, we get a sense of something here in my heart needs to connect with something eternal. Amen. Who's experienced that? Uh, for some of us, we, we feel it from the direction of loneliness or maybe a sickness or a depression or a, a lack of finance or a lack of family. And, and these are often these things, they lead us to, to say, Lord, help. Okay? Here's the thing, and, I, and, and you guys are going to laugh about this, but laugh and then, then do a nervous laugh and then realize it's you. Um, we, we hear this cry in our hearts, even as believers, maybe God saying, worship me. And we sense something, there's a need. We take our wallet and we go buy a pizza. Okay, now you can laugh. And then nervous laugh. And then that's me. We, we sense something. There's a call in us. There's, there's, there's a sense of emptiness. We take a wallet and go and buy clothes. We put it on top. We sense his call. We feel it. Put it on top. And I think what Jesus is trying to say, when we have means, it's so possible to silence the cry of the deepest part of our hearts with superficial stuff. Come, there's a banquet. Oh, I've bought some oxen. Come, here's a banquet. I want to get married. And, and there's nothing wrong with a lot of this stuff. We, we should put all this stuff, our wallets, our oxen, our marriages, into God's service. They're all sanctified in God's sight. Hear me. But it is possible to, cry, to silence the cry of the Spirit when we have so many means. Can you agree with that? Okay. Check this out. If we say we have fellowship with, one, with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie, darkness, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive who? Ourselves. Okay. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what happens. We walk in this world, whether in a relationship with God or not. Let, let's take the example of a Christian. Something, something's up. Something happened. It's in your heart. There's a decision. The, the right one is to say, Oh, phone your buddy in small group. Something happened last night. I, I, I don't have the courage to tell you, but here it is. What happens? His grace flows in. And it opens you up again. The easier thing to do is to take the wallet and put something on it. It's a mask. I'm going to mask this feeling, this sense that I feel right now. I'm, going to, I'm, going to just, I'm just going to watch a movie. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go to the mall. I'm just going to get, get away from feeling, uh, don't talk to me now. And, and what we do is we, we put a mask on. And another, and another, and another. And at one stage, we think we're deceiving others, but we can't see even through our own mask. We're being deceived. They do a... Uh, study 
in America on people that, that was divorced and married. Divorced. Listen, if you're here and you're divorced, God's got a way to get you where you're at and go forward, okay? Just, just hear what I'm saying. And there was people that went through multiple divorces and they studied them. And one thing they found with every single person that's been through multiple marriages was the following thing. As they spoke about their marriage, it was always the fault of the other one. They would not take accountability for one thing. And they said, they found the following thing. After the third time, when this person said, no, it's only my wife's fault, they would believe it themselves. We are masters at self-deception. After telling the half-truth enough, we actually believe it. And then we get to this place that I see a lot in church. I see this a lot. People come to me and they say, how did I get here? How did I find myself to be here? This is not who I am. I didn't see this going this way. Mask upon mask upon mask. And we end up in places where we don't want to be. On the island, everything is stripped. Everything is away. There's nothing like that. You can't drive away. You can't phone an Uber. You cannot take your cart and buy a McDonald's. You just, you're just sitting there. And what happens is you actually unmasked after day two or three. No more pretenses. And the one person comes to me, and I know she's not a believer because I've got Facebook. <laughs> And, and, and she says something about, she says, oh, you know what, we should pray for my mom for a job. But she just goes on, and no one notices, but I think that was a, a genuine moment there. And so later, we're praying for half a hand of rice. And they're saying, can we pray for the food? I say, I will pray. And I said, Lord, I want to just pray for, let's say, Sally, Sally's mom. I'm just praying for a job. And thank you for the rice. Amen. It is the most basic, plain prayer you can pray. My son can pray. He's four. I said, I just ask for a job. Open my eyes. The tears are streaming down. It's such a simple prayer. When we are unmasked, when we are stripped of these things, the most basic, generous of actions or experience are such love. That cup of coffee, that, you know what, you guys are going to make it. It comes into the heart because it's not received among this. Yeah, gotcha. Ding, ding, ding. You know, it's, how do we create places where the masks comes off? I need to move. My time's ticking. That time's all right. Let me just first say this. You have to unmask if you want to know Jesus deeply. You have to. But how do we create those moments? How do we become a church, a community that can do this? The second part of, of, of the same number. And believers need to unmask first. 
first if they want to share the gospel truly. You cannot minister to people like this. Die Heere se kinder is die popossie. Wat hy liekie sê. But I know your pastor. <laughs> and I know he shares his stuff. And that's why I'm just excited to share today. What does it make if I never share about the hard times in my own marriage? If, if I never share about the hard times and the fact that my wife and I, we actually do fight. Did you know that? Yes, we don't throw stuff, but I do silent treatment, and she does the opposite. <laughs> so we're a team. <laughs> if I never take off that mask, never, but I say, if you have marital problems, come for prayer. What am I? Say it. Hypocrite. That's the leaven of the Pharisees. So believers, if, you, if you're a small group leader, if you're a leader in this church, if you just remember, you love to share. Share with your mask off. Tell the people about your sin. You won't die. Listen, you don't have to go into every detail, please. You'll get into trouble. But you can say, I am struggling this week in my relationship with God. And so if you feel at church maybe a little bit uncomfortable because you haven't been here in a while, let me tell you what. This week I felt like there was a distance between me and God. Do you know how I feel like that sometimes? And so maybe you visiting here and you don't understand what's happening. Let me, there's no difference between me and you. He's calling and I'm moving. He's calling you and you will grow. That's how we minister from weakness. Paul says it. He says, I did not come to you with lofty words. I came to you in weakness that the gospel might shine through. Gospel, it's about God, not about me keeping my marriage together. It's about God who is able to save my marriage and yours. I'm not using marriage as an analogy, but you hear me. And so, I'm, I'm finishing off of this. I'm saving stuff then for tonight. You're not going to see point number three because you have to come back tonight. This is what God wants to say right now. And so, let me say it again. I'm sorry, guys, for every pastor. And, and I know Andre will share my heart that has shared the gospel with you like this. You change. You confess your sins while I keep my mask on. Let's take it off and see him move. All the great moves in the history of the church has come with great repentance. Who first? Pastors, leaders, let's go. And survivor has taught me again the Incredible power of vulnerability, honesty, which creates a space for God to work so powerfully. And that's something I wanted to share with you this morning.
Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sing.